in, in terms of our daily work, yes, I would recommend anybody in um, certain professions. Again, it's uh, writers, it's designers um, to look at generative technology and see how it can be your friend uh, rather than the enemy. You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. I'm Joe Mernier, and today I'm joined by Andrew Filev, the founder and CEO of Rike, a leading collaborative work management platform. Andrew founded Rike back in 2006 as a way to help people and companies work more productively, cut down on inefficient communication like email, and be more time efficient and cost efficient. And these things are probably the ultimate goal for every entrepreneur on the planet. So we'll dig more into those things and uncover Andrew's insider, se insider secrets in just a moment. Uh, we'll also be hearing about how a system for better productivity and communication and time efficiency helps to improve workers' well-being and create a more positive workplace culture overall. So let's jump into it. Uh, welcome, Andrew, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for hosting. Um, well, that's quite a resume. So can you start by telling us a little bit about Rike, um, how it all started? and uh, What was your why? Why did you want to start the company? Um, so at the turn of 2000s, I was running uh, my own professional services company. Um, we were doing quite well, growing fast. Um, we were what at the time you would call micro multinational. So we had offices in several uh, countries across several continents. And so while we all worked from offices, we already got exposed to that hybrid work environment because all of our teams were essentially distributed. Uh, mm -hmm. We're also early proponents of agile methodologies. And so uh, we moved really fast in this kind of weekly, bi-weekly iterative cycles. Uh, and it, while it was very fun um, and very rewarding experience, it was also hard to keep tabs on on everything and i was responsible for all software delivery so I, I oversaw about 20 projects uh 20 customer engagements at the same time i also oversaw uh different departments so not just software delivery but recruiting for example as well and digital marketing which um all kind of move at the fast pace and, and another important point is uh back in the day we were fully digital already uh, so we got early preview for a lot of things that companies are experiencing right now, being fully mm -hmm. digital, working on very fast cycles, uh, hybrid teams. And as I was trying to manage all that information overload, I was trying to create a better processes and better systems. And I realized that uh, it's an incredible opportunity, not just for my company, but for uh, millions of companies out there. So become really passionate about this um, and started uh, essentially not just a new company, but new software category. So what we did is we took their declared benefits of project management software uh, and really made it available to actual business users. Because back in the day, uh, people already knew that there's project management software, but uh, very rarely anybody actually used it. And in part, mm -hmm. again, it didn't fit that digital environment, didn't fit the fast pace. And there was a fundamental issue with that as well, which is back then, back then collaboration was managed separately. So you would collaborate in one tool and manage your work in another tool, which might work if you're working on this annual uh, cycles, but doesn't work when things change every day or every week. 
So mm -hmm. we brought together real-time collaboration. We, with work management capabilities, created this new category called collaborative work management software. Uh, it is a multi-billion dollar software category right now. There are multiple companies um, that are providing various solutions and it's be becoming a staple in any digital company. Um, it's very rare to see right now uh, top class organizations that wouldn't have at least something to to manage their work and, and, and workflows and collaborate mm -hmm. on those on those things. So it really started because um, your company and you yourself were struggling with the way that your team was communicating. So you wanted to fix that and fix a lot of other companies pain points at the same same time. Yes. Mm. And can you provide um, any examples um, of companies you work with at the moment or have worked with recently um, and how they benefited from um, from Reich? We've got uh, 20,000 paying uh, companies as customers, and they range all the way from um, five person um, as very small business um, to the largest um, and most prominent companies in the world. Um, on our website, you can find some video case studies uh, with, with some of them. Um, I think the latest large one was we published a case study with Walmart. Um, um, but there are others like Nickelodeon and, and many, basically a lot of brands that you use on a daily basis, mm -hmm. uh, they actually uh, have our software running in, in, in some of their departments today. Mm -hmm. And is this because a lot of these companies are now working remotely and they need better ways to communicate and work with each other? Um, it has, I'm just wondering if this has really taken off since the pandemic. A lot more companies are working in, in hybrid and remote styles um, and the need to, to work better together, even yeah, if you can't it, be it, physically it, together. In, indeed, and, and, and remote work um, is for knowledge workers, is not that different from work in office, uh, but at the same time, it puts stress on a lot of processes and tools that the team uses, something that you can get by while you're sitting next to each other and you can just turn your head and ask and there's also this uh huge social trust and credit that runs in the team that's cohesive and collocated um and that trust starts to get stressed when people are remote and never saw each other or didn't haven't seen each other for the last two years and all they see is mm -hmm. like the email handle uh, or slack avatar so well, well, it's kind of the same work. Um, the requirements for us to be communicating better and more organized and having that trust in our processes and systems, it's much higher. And pandemic did both good and bad things for that. So when pandemic hit, um, we all heard, heard this um, anecdotes of companies um, accelerating their digital transformation and doing three years work or three year plans in, in three three months and in some cases three weeks so th there was that aspect of acceleration the mm -hmm. first tools that the companies deployed were actually communication tools um zooms and um and slacks and teams um, of the world which uh, communication is, is essential if you cannot communicate um physically in person you need to be able to communicate online but then what happened after that is that uh, with, and and, and originally the productivity actually boosted um, and you see it both in economical numbers and in human perception. There was people stopped commuting, um, stopped long travel, uh, put more focus and effort in, in, into the work. We saw that the productivity originally started to, to increase, but then 
we got into the territory of Zoom fatigue. Uh, and then we also mm -hmm. got into the territory of people being overwhelmed with the tools and information. Simultaneously mm -hmm. with Zooms and Teams of Slack, so the world company also deployed a lot of point solution. There was huge boom in the tech industry. Um, and what happens now is that typical um, employee works on average with about 14 different tools a day. Not only that, but those tools are different from team to team and department to department. So you might have the best tool in the world, and then your colleague might have a best tool in the world in, in her department. But when you start collaborating on something, you go to the mm -hmm. lowest common denominator because you use your own tools, which oftentimes becomes still same old email or now instead of email it's it's slack and so instead of you know 100 emails a day you're receiving thousand text messages a day which is essentially doesn't make your life easier um and mm -hmm. so people become overwhelmed and we saw that in fatigue again both in anecdotal reports as well as official studies including um last year we saw the largest drop in productivity in u.s economy since 1948 in, in q2 dropped oh. by 4.8 percent that's official statistics and so people were working more hours than ever while at the same time producing less and that's that kind mm -hmm. of delayed effect of um information overload and tool overload um and so now the companies and employees are trying to find the ways to streamline that mm -hmm. um, and economically that's also supported by uh, a lot of pressure that right now is put on the companies to achieve efficiencies and and, and productivity so right now it's kind of mm -hmm. sort of this Cambrian explosion of tools we're back to their okay let's pick out the best and let's figure out how to make them work together and let's figure out how we can all work more efficiently and work better together yes and I think um, some of what you referenced there, you also uh, released a report, I believe, last year called The Dark Matter of Work. And that explored that, how, exactly as you said, yeah, it was this explosion of apps and different tools and shiny new things that companies thought they needed. Um, and it just ended up overwhelming workers because there were so many different things that they were trying to, to work with and, and knit together. Um, and it actually caused more harm than good in some cases. Yeah, we, we surveyed more than 3,000 companies. Um, and on average, uh, and those those ranges from mid-sized to large uh, enterprises, on average, we found that there is about $60 million in lost productivity uh, that the companies can regain by, by streamlining some process. And it also has its toll on people, where we found that on average, um, an employee spends four days of their personal time a year on their that inefficiencies that could could have been streamlined so we're not even talking about the work time we, we start talking about kind of uh that's spilling over into into our personal time time yeah. and lives um and about uh, i gotta pull the actual numbers and you can pull them from from our website but i think uh, more than 70 percent um reported that there were inefficiencies in the process so meaning again i can be working really hard uh, but then somehow the ball gets dropped in between, or mm -hmm. maybe you and I are not perfectly aligned in our goals. And we're both trying to do the best thing for the company, both trying to work hard. Uh, but if we're codependent on each other and we're working on different things, then essentially we're both moving slow or, or actually being stolen, right? So there, there are things like that that organizations can uh, streamline uh, to make both employees' lives easier and, and the companies perform better.
Yeah, I think everyone, every listener will be nodding their heads in agreement at that. <laughs> and this this sort of this busy work, um, which which really does kill productivity. Um, it's also uh, this this creates stress for one thing. So people, particularly if their uh, personal time is being invaded, that's a lot of stress on the employees. Um, on the flip side, you've got managers who don't necessarily see this work visibility. Um, and I know this has led to toxic environments. Uh, some companies have gone so far as to install surveillance software because they, they just can't understand why the work isn't getting done. Um, it's all snowballing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, that's... Uh, I have very strong negative opinion about those tools. I actually saw them... Um, more than a decade ago when kind of I saw the first exposure to the distributed work uh, and I saw those tools kind of deployed the first time and then people kind of forgot about them and now they're being resurfaced. So there are um, studies uh, by many reputable firms, including Gartner. Uh, I think Gartner published that when the companies are introducing the surveillance tools that actually increases, uh, I think, twice their probability of people people faking work um, and, and basically trying to trying to game the system. And it, it essentially destroys trust. And trust mm -hmm. is very important um, for efficient team operations. Now, I'm not saying uh, people should be watching Netflix uh, 40 hours a week instead of working. The right solution uh, is to build uh, clear goals and build uh, and, and you know the acronym SMART, you know, um, specific, measurable, achievable, and so on. So, building specific goals that uh, contribute in the kind of cascade and contribute to the organizational goals, right? Starting mm -hmm. from the top, well, like what are what is our mission? What is our annual plan? What are strategic programs? How do we cas then cascade it to different departments? Break it down into projects, and then how do we break those projects into achievable steps? And and all of this has to be then kind of adjusted on the fly as, as the world changes every day, right? So you need to get that those cascading goals. Mm -hmm. You need to give people uh, ways to achieve those goals. And then you need to bring visibility into work. So if you look, for example, in agile processes, which are much lighter than traditional, um, and I'll, I'll use software development as an example, where, because it's where it's originated, but now it's propagated mm -hmm. into a lot of other different teams and departments. So instead of just having this rigid plan on a shelf, uh, teams over-prioritized visibility and communication. Uh, the work was broken down in weekly or bi-weekly or monthly sprints. Uh, there was daily visibility into what's done, what's blocked. And essentially, team is running together towards that goal. It's not, a, it's not a blame game. It's like, hey, we have this goal. We're here as a team to accomplish it. Here are the required steps. How are we doing on them? And everybody gets that visibility. So instead of surveillance software or managers being there, the bad guys, it's just our inherent desire to uh, not be uh, the people who block the team, right? Because again, it's, it's all visible and transparent, but it's not about how much minutes I spent in this tool versus that tool. It's more about this is the goal. Uh, this is what I accomplished, and if I'm blocked, we're, we're, there could be multiple different reasons. There, again, there's life, um, and so it's normal. But then, what are those blockers? Can we all resolve that as a team? What does it mean for the schedule? Does it get gets pushed? And again, there's less drama um, mm -hmm. around those things. More transparency, more visibility, and more more trust. So that's their 
culture that I believe in and that culture revolutionized um, about 10, 20 years ago, the software industry and turned it from very, very toxic one into a much more productive one. And I see right now similar principles being applied in a lot of different marketing departments. Again, it's not about specific process. It's not even about specific tool, just this idea of uh, getting visibility across work, clearly aligning on the goals and adjusting in real time as you progress and mm-hmm. collaborating and communicating in the context of that work to get that work done together as a team. Sure. And as an example, Reich certainly seems to have it right. Um, obviously, you use your own software uh, as one way to to resolve these um, these issues and get everybody working together um, seamlessly. And you've won awards for uh, best workplace, uh, well-being, and so on um, over the years. Um, so just looking at Reich's hybrid work style, um, you as a company, you work in a remote way, don't you? You've got you've got teams um, all over the world. Um, um, Sengen, can you tell us a little bit about your your work style? Yeah, so we're a hybrid organization. Uh, we do have uh, physical offices. Um, on uh, we, We've got multiple offices in States, multiple offices in Europe, and multiple offices in Asia Pacific. Um, now, some of those offices are very tight knit and where people live around the same metro area and so it's very easy for them to get together um to 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 the office and they come there frequently Uh, in united states post pandemic uh teams became more distributed um so that that makes it a little bit harder for for people to get together in a team some teams are collocated but some teams are uh, distributed so so we're through hybrid um environment right now we're Again, we have teams that come to office multiple times a week, uh, and we have teams that happen to be distributed uh, and they, over different states or different countries, and they cannot come together to the same office every day. So mm-hmm. uh, just like many other companies, uh, we're still trying to tune the balance um, and, 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 and kind of find, find the optimal solution. One thing that um, uh, in, in, in interesting story uh, for, for, from us. So uh typically we run annual sales kickoff when we all uh meet in person uh, in our customer facing organization it's not just sales; it's called sales kickoff but customer success organization is there and then uh multiple different uh, representatives from different teams come come together as well and then when pandemic hit we we stopped those in-person events because uh, first they were impossible and then logistically very hard and risky and, and their health risks and whatnot. And also they're, they're not cheap to, to do. And this year we had our first post-pandemic um, customer facing kickoff in person and it's quite expensive. Um, so I was on there um, kind of on that uh, thin line between approving it and supporting and then not, not, uh, not approving it because again it's it's expensive and the budgets are very tight uh, right now across across the globe for for all of the organizations i ultimately approved it and when we came together i i was blown away by by how incredibly valuable that event is it's one of those things where you know once you experience it you're like oh my god that's a no-brainer um i only wish we could get everybody together not just this several hundred individuals but the whole company so mm. it was an incredibly positive event in part because there was this pent-up demand 
yes, we can work remotely very efficiently. We got the tools, we got the processes, we got the right culture, but still there's pent up demand to, to meet together, to hear the vision, um, to collaborate on the same problems in the same, same physical environment. So was incredibly uh, positive and kind of uh, eye opening for, for me. And I, I use the same metaphor with in office work for, for some of our teams, because um, commuting to the office is an investment from, from an individual, right? Mm -hmm. just, just like sales kickoff is an investment, not just from the individual, but also from the company. It costs, um, it, it, it's, it's an expensive exercise. So, so there is an investment and that investment before you make it, your, your, the value is hard to quantify. But if we all make that investment, uh, and it's not just one of us, because if I come on Monday and you come on Tuesday and somebody comes on Wednesday, that's that's useless, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if we come together as a team and do it in a thoughtful way, uh, where which we, we have to think upfront about uh, what are the goals and how do we best organize it, there's incredible value in that. And I think some companies are missing that opportunity to re-energize mm -hmm. their cultures by spending some time together again i i, I don't mean you you have to be in the office um uh, if you're a knowledge worker like five days a week and and you have to relocate your family and whatnot but I, but i'm saying is that um we do have to be thoughtful about how do we build those moments to re-energize our culture and then kind of balance their cost and is, is like, for example, again, if, if the employees are all located for that team close by together, they absolutely, in my opinion, should should meet together several times a week. And, and versus if the employees are spread over multiple states or countries, then it's costly uh, from different perspectives. Um, and mm -hmm. so then you have to be more thoughtful. Do you want to um, get them together once a quarter or once a year or how, how you uh, how to best so, um, how to best do that so you think uh, do you think hybrid work is the future of work for knowledge workers um for for the next um decade i think it's in, in, inevitable um i mm -hmm. think people got a taste of it uh but again i think right now that the very hard thing is to find that balance mm -hmm. um and it's psychological because people don't like being forced. If, if people got comfortable working from home, they don't like being mm -hmm. forced to get into the office. So it can put them in the wrong mindset uh, with the negative bias if you if you try to force it. But at the same time, again, if they all make that investment, if they approach it for, with a positive bias and done in the right way, they'll be like, oh, my God, I, I wish we, we'd done that. We've done that sooner. So uh, mm -hmm. it's it's not an easy cultural thing to solve. Uh, but I think there is a right balance between in-office and the remote that can achieve the best culture and the best uh, personal productivity and best organizational productivity. Yeah, okay. And we're um, nearing the end of our episode, but one thing I wanted to ask you, um, uh, given your your years and years of tech experience, um, the where we see automation and AI creeping its way into the workplace um, and into the workforce, um, I'm interested in your thoughts on on where and where that is going. Do you think we're going to see a lot more automation um, uh, finding its way in? And just one example is is Chat GPT. Uh, it, it's actually very clever from what I've seen, um, and this could potentially take up quite a large chunk of, of marketing resources. 
Um, so in your opinion, do you see these types of tools um, becoming more, more prevalent in the, in the workplace in the future? Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, now, I don't think it's going to be a revolution. Um, from the media perspective, yes, you know, it's kind of overnight. It was, wasn't there and then suddenly it's everywhere. In reality, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not like that. Um, our own team has used generative tools before chat, GPD, Kikim, and they're using it in kind of a certain degree, limited degree, and now the degree kind of expands a little bit, but it's still limited. So it's more of a journey, but it's definitely mm -hmm. um, a skill that in certain professions you need to build. For example, I believe if you're graphic designer, um, you in the next, say, three years, you'll need to find a way uh, to use generative uh, to help you in your work without plagiarizing your work or kind of downplaying the human and creativity aspect of it, right? So I, mm -hmm. I, I don't uh, think of it, and, and I don't think anybody should think of it as a replacement for uh, human creativity and strategy and communication. Uh, I think it's it's just as anything else, it's a tool. And so just with any new tool, you need to get used to it and find the right ways to, of, of, of using that tool. So mm -hmm. uh, while it's incredibly impressive and, and very kind of and obviously piques everybody's curiosity, we're getting close to that uh, Turing test and maybe maybe somebody will have to redefine the Turing test now that their chat GPT is out. But um, in, in terms of our daily work, yes, I would recommend anybody in um, certain professions, again, it's uh, writers, it's designers, um, to look at generative technology and see how it can be your friend uh, rather than the enemy. And, and, and again, the, as any new technology, we also as, an organi as, a, as, as a society have to find the right boundaries, kind of the, the legal boundaries, their ethical boundaries of how to use those tools uh, properly and kind of have, have to adjust to that. So, so that's something mm -hmm. that we, we do not, uh, as a world, yet have kind of those those standards developed, mm -hmm. um, and that will. We're from perspective of a company, we're both deploying AI actively over the last, say, five, seven, ten years. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, again, some of these new things we might be holding back a little bit because uh, we're trying to better understand uh, the legal frameworks and make sure that it's all compliant with the privacy and, and other requirements and regulations. So, and again, the AI is such an overloaded term. There's, it starts from very simple heuristics to this generative AI technology and there's everything in between. So a lot of those things are already out of the gray area. It's very, very clear how to use them and when mm -hmm. to use them. And, and a lot of those things like ChatGPT, it's like literally, I think just a couple of weeks ago, launched its first business uh, license, right? Uh, so right. those things are just coming out into there. Mm -hmm. we, we just start to understand how to best apply them as, as tools. Yes. So that they're coming, but it's it's worth to find out how they work and, and work with them rather than trying to fight against them. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, well, just uh, just to wrap up, thinking about our, our conversation um, and uh, what you were talking about productivity earlier, uh, what would be your big takeaway for our listeners in terms of helping them um, think, uh, operate more productive, operate more productivity, <laughs> productively, <laughs> um, and help take their companies forward? Uh, you mentioned, for example, the smart goals earlier. 
Yeah, yeah I think uh, one important thing is right now a lot of companies have already tried a siloed work management solution like use a tool for this project or this team this department i think there's a huge opportunity for organizations to have that system of record um, or a single source of truth on the work across uh, across the organization ideally that's the north star but again you start somewhere maybe you start in your own department there are multiple different teams you're trying to put them on the same uh, same landscape. So I think that's the huge opportunity to unlock a lot of productivity and sometimes even economical savings because there are some legacy tools that people use for work management and workflows that you can actually substitute and get some savings and get one system across, again, ideally the whole organization. And this is where we see the largest improvements um, in productivity starting um, to, to, to happen. Think of it, uh, I used that metaphor earlier in the call of uh, common denominator, right? If if one team, team has this great tool, another team has that another tool, but ultimately they're down to uh, texting each other when it comes to work, they can only be so productive and everybody will continue to be overwhelmed. So you do need the mm -hmm. work management and workflow system to bring everybody together. And then in terms of um, processes, focus on smart goals, focus on cascading those goals and connecting them through the different levels of organization and aligning them across different teams. So still fundamental principles, uh, they worked 100 years ago in a very different environment. They still work today, just that hybrid work puts it to the test and stresses them out in all sorts of new ways that we haven't seen before. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Andrew. Um, it's been really insightful. Um, can you just tell us how people can find out more about Reich and also your um, dark matter research? Absolutely. Um, go to www.reich.com. Uh, it's spelled W-R-I-K-E. Um, we also sometimes say Reiki. Um, so um, <laughs> go to reiki.com uh, and you'll find both um, dark matter research there and some customer case studies and videos and hopefully uh, learn, learn something for yourself. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we've appreciated your time today um, and uh, we hope to see you on the podcast again soon. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. Thank you. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?